I've lost my place now. Now I'm just stuffed looking for where I was in my notes because I'm enjoying our song. I should probably continue trying to figure probably. out where we are. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Oh, How's it going? It's going okay. How are you? I am good, thank you. Good. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Our new normal recording day. Or maybe Sundays. Either yeah. one. It's no longer Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we gave up on Wednesdays since Wednesdays were so rarely happening. Mostly because of my schedule. <laughs> Stupid Wednesdays. Seriously, I never could get the hang of Wednesdays. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's your day going? Pretty good. I uh, just woke up from a nap, Ooh. so I'm a little sleepy. Nice. And what else have I done today? <laughs> I saw my niece in, generally I'm not a fan of children's productions, but it was like the cutest, most ridiculous version of 100 Dalmatians that I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it was all children that were like five to seven, I think was the maximum age. So Aww. it was absurd and gotta say it was pretty adorable. So Nice. Played some video games. Sweet. Uh, did a little bit of work this morning, but not that much work. And that's about it. Nice. How about you? A um, little bit of cleaning, a little packing. Went to see my mom. That's about it. Fabulous. Yeah. Went to the grocery yeah. store. Ooh. Yeah. That's boring. I found some uh, Reese's Peanut Butter cook Cup cookies, and I cookies. purchased those and <gasps> ate them. Yes, in the bakery section. Cookie. Cookie. Yes. So I had oh, jealous. had one of those. Um, nom, amazing. Nom, nom. It was pretty good. I've had better. There's a, mm. there's a place that no longer exists near my job. It's actually more of like a pizza place, but they also had these amazing cookies with peanut butter oh, cups nice. baked into them, and it was amazing. And I miss it. Oh, that's sad. They were also much bigger and greasier. And oh yeah, oh yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. I remember one of the few things that I miss about grad school is that, like, even though the food in the cafeteria wasn't that great, the cookies in the cafeteria were amazing. <laughs> and some days when I was actually walking from, like, class to your apartment, I, the cafeteria was on the way from the <laughs> science building to your apartment. So I would stop in there just to get cookies, and it was great. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yep. Cookies are amazing. They are. Yeah, I wish I had some. I would give you some if you were here. No, sadly, neither of those things are true. No. Boo. I am not there, and I do not have cookies. <laughs> are we talking about cookies today? I don't think we are. There were no gold yeah. in this episode. Yeah, there were no gold, so no cookie mentions after this, I suppose. Nope. Ever. Again. Nope. Cookie time is over. Not just this episode, but ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, the ghoul are gone forever for no reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. No. Uh-huh. 
we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 18, Shades of Grey. I can't hear that title without thinking Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I never read any of the books or saw the movie, but still, I actually even changed the title in my notes to Fifty Shades of Grey, (laughs) just (laughs) because. Jasper Ford also wrote a book called Shades of Grey. Nice. Which I don't know if it was better than Fifty Shades of Grey, but I imagine it is. I was going to say probably because I like Jasper Ford and uh, I don't know, maybe Fifty Shades of Grey is better than I gave it credit for. Anyway, this is not having to do with either of those books. Nope. So we could talk about that instead. Yes. Let's talk about this. Yeah. The team has gone to the Tolan homeworld to have a chat with Travel, who we recall was the, I don't know, the, I guess we'll just call her the leader lady of the Tolan. <laughs> yeah, I think she's like their high chancellor yeah. or something like that. She has time to hold court, like, uh... <laughs> In yeah. previous episodes, but also has time to do some negotiating, which is what's happening yeah. here. She has a lot of time on her hands, apparently, apparently, even though she's important. Yeah. SG-1 is there to arrange formal diplomatic relations, which is an easy thing for them to set up because she's just like, yep, done. Cool. <laughs> you guys saved us. We're great. And then then Daniel asks, hey, maybe maybe we could get some of that cool technology that you have, even though you've told us countless times that you're not interested in giving that to us. And she's like, no, we're still not interested in giving it to you, so too bad. Jack pipes up that he would really want one of those ion cannons, because they're mostly interested in war technology weapons, not like, I don't know, their... I guess their walk-through wall thing could be a weapon, too. I don't know. They're probably interested yeah. in all the technology, but specifically, Jack asks about an ion cannon. What would it take to scale up Sam's particle beam from last time to make it an ion cannon? I don't know. I actually don't know what the difference would be between an ion cannon and a particle beam. Like, what particles are being beamed in the particle beam? <laughs> what ions are being used in the cannon? Questions we don't get. Stuff. Answers to. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And so Jack's arguing that they would only use this to defend themselves against the Gould. And Travel rightly points out that the humans on Earth really like to wage war against one another. So <laughs> They sure do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. So it seems likely that they'd probably use this ion cannon for that instead of defending the planet. <laughs> Jack offers to give his word that that wouldn't happen, but since he's not the leader of Earth, (laughs) he can't really guarantee that. Good point, Travel. Good point. But then Jack just loses his damn mind, and he's like, I'm done with this. You people suck. You're not giving us anything. This is a waste of time. I'm getting the hell out of here. And he storms out, and the team follows. Yeah. All looking rather surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And confused. Yes. Out in the hall, they are presumably walking on their way out. Jack is continuing his monologue? Sure. Diatribe? Yeah. Whatever you want to call it about how terrible these people are for not sharing (laughs) their technology, even though Earth saved them. And he stops by one of those... Whatever those things are that disabled their their weapons technology when they were there for the triad. I don't know that we ever even get a name for this piece of technology. And he rips it off the wall. (laughs) 
Everybody is completely shocked. Every, well, not everybody. SG three quarters, because those are the only other people there other than Jack. But SG three quarters outside of Jack are all completely shocked about what is happening. Daniel even says that he's crossing a line and Jack just angrily storms off and tells him to shut up. <laughs> and then we get credits. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that about? Right? Rather uncharacteristic. Yes. Once they're back on Earth, they apparently have all gathered in the conference room. They're all just kind of sitting there when Hammond comes in to see them. So he sits down so they can have their little debrief, whatever. And he's asking about the device they brought him. And Jack explains it's one of those weapon disabler things. And Hammond's pretty happy about it. He's like, great job, you guys. It, it does seem, it would be an amazing feat had they, you know, actually come across this in a yeah, legit way. Yeah, would Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hammond, assuming everything was on the up and up, asks, what were they promised in return for this? And Daniel's like, mm, we didn't need to promise anything. And Hammond's like, they just gave you the device as a reward? Daniel says, no, they refused to give that to us at all. Hammond wants to know how they got the device, and no one will look at him. <laughs> Such an awkward scene. Yeah. So he addresses Sam directly, and she's like, uh... And Jack finally steps in and is like, he took it. And he, rather than thinking of it as stealing, likes to think of it as borrowed. Once they figure out how to use it, they can send it back. No big deal. Hammond is unsurprisingly... What's the word I'm looking Surprised. for? Surprised. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is in disbelief at this. Yes. I can't believe what I'm hearing. He's like, you guys stole this from an extremely advanced culture. Jack's like, well, they're not going to retaliate. It's fine. And then Hammond says they've already been accused from, of stealing from several other alien cultures. Which I was trying to remember. I know they have that weather device one. Yeah. But I couldn't remember any other specifics. But hey, they might just yeah. happen, you know. <laughs> Jack then takes the hit. He's like, it was all me, which it was. Yeah. They, you know, didn't want <laughs> He says, Carter and Daniel protested and Teal'c, he didn't say anything. <laughs> but Jack could tell he was opposed <laughs> to Jack's actions by the way he cocked his head and sort of raised his eyebrow. <laughs> Which was which is his reaction to yes. everything. That, that was really funny. It was very funny. But Hammond is not having it. And he orders SG3 quarters to bring the device back to the Tolan and try to work out things with them. And Jack's like, why? And there's a quick pause there where we get some reaction faces from everyone. And he's like, we're supposed to find technologies we can use to defend against the ghouls, right? And Hammond tells him he's being insubordinate, and we don't steal from friends. And Jack says, that's plain stupid, with no due respect. (laughs) He also says, since the Pentagon won't approve our backup program, we don't have a choice. Which, you know, at this point, we're like, what's that about? So... They need to do what they have to to get what they need. And Hammond's like, no, we will hold ourselves to higher ethical standards. Discounting that time they were trying to steal ore from that planet full of people (laughs) with the bird god alien. Yeah. Yeah. Stealing is fine as long as we're all on board with it. (laughs) 
Remember how Jack wasn't on board with it? (laughs) (laughs) This is all bananas. Yeah. It's Nanerpuss! You can call me Nanerpuss, Nanerpuss. And guess what? I love pancakes. So they're just, they're arguing about it. Jack's like, the ghoul might wipe us out because we have nothing to defend ourselves with. And Hammond is like, okay, that's enough. I have had it with you. I'm relieving you of command. And go to the infirmary and stay there till I send for you. At this point, the gate starts dialing. So they're hearing the incoming traveler announcement. Hammond orders Teal'c to go with Jack. Hammond reminds Teal'c on the way out that he is no longer under Jack's command. Teal'c says he understands. Sam and Daniel rush out of there to go find out who's coming through the gate. I really loved the excellent job that everybody did of looking super awkward while Hammond and O'Neill were arguing. It was, yeah. It was very uncomfortable. And even Teal'c, as we've talked about, Christopher Judge does just such a good job of emoting without being able to actually emote. Like, his method of looking awkward here was still really effective because he was just staring stoically straight ahead of him whenever the camera was on him, but then he would look slightly side-eye at Jack now and then, and... So even though he was like, nothing else on his face was moving, his head wasn't moving, but it was still obvious like how awkward his character was meant to be feeling, even with just that slight little movement. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I heard a can crack while I was talking there. What do you got? You did. Uh, nothing too exciting. It's no duels. I was drinking a Vermont IPA that I just finished. Nice. Yeah. Are you drinking anything? Oh, I have a slightly mighty. Nice. Yeah. I thought about having whatever the, uh, I forget what it is. The low calorie IPA that comes in the Vermont. Oh yeah, I forget what it's called. The long trail IPA pack, but but I opted for the Odules instead. It's all good. Yeah. In the gate room, the iris is closed, but it starts to flex, and I was really hoping to see Schrodinger at this point, right? but we did not get Schrodinger. Instead, it was people, and that was less interesting. <laughs> it was Travel and another Tolan woman that I don't know that we know or ever get a name I for. I don't know. <laughs> so I remember. Quickly Hammond quickly tells everyone to hold their fire. That should be pretty obvious. Although I guess they wouldn't have actually seen him, her, them before. So True. Has Hammond? I guess not because he says it's an honor to meet her. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, anyway. Maybe just by the fact that they walked through the iris, he's just assuming that <laughs> these are the Tolan. I guess everything's fine. <laughs> Blinken, what are you doing up there? Guessing? I guess no one's coming. <laughs> anyway. He's honored to meet Travel. She is sorry that it's not under more pleasant circumstances, but they've noticed that something seems to have been stolen from them, and um, maybe they can have it back, please. <laughs> also, um, no ties. Everything's everything's done. No, no ties, no treaty. We're, uh, right. We don't want anything to do with you anymore. So, of course, everybody... From SG three quarters and Hammond are all trying to argue. Well, you know, you can't hold us all responsible for the actions of one man. And Travel rightfully points out, all the rest of you were there with him <laughs> when he stole it, and none of you did anything. And now they want to know what the Earth people have to propose that might be able to save their relations here. Nothing. It's all over. Yep. Yeah. For sure. We never see them again. Next, we're in the infirmary. Fraser is reading a report about the results of all of Jack's tests. 
He's sitting there being grumpy, and Fraser says she can't find anything wrong with him so far with all of the tests that she's done. His blood pressure, his DRE, which I hadn't known, so I looked it up, and it's a digital rectal exam. Oh, oh So my. that's fun. Yeah. And his EEG, which for that one I did know, that's a brain scan, electroencephalograph. And it's going to be a while before they get his CAT scans and hormones level back, so looks fine so far, but still waiting on a few more tests. Jack's like, great whatever don't care he tries to leave but teal prevents him from leaving so he tries to order teal to get out of his way and that doesn't work because he's no longer under teal's command as teal reminds him under teal's command he <laughs> teal is no longer <laughs> under jack's command as teal reminds him fraser apparently has her own red phone here but it's not the president yeah. that calls her on it it is hammond that calls her on it and the altercation here between Jack and Teal'c is prevented by the fact that Hammond wants to see Jack in his office right away. So Teal'c has to let him go. They run into Carter and they pass each other but then Sam stops him and she wants to know if there's anything she can do because he's not acting like himself and he's like, nope, I haven't been acting like myself since I met you. Now I'm acting like myself. And then he walks off. I felt so bad for Sam. She looked so sad and she's been on such an emotional roller coaster with him between how she was feeling about him missing in the last episode and now this. I know. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Jerk face. Right. Not to mention how tough it's got to be that she's got a crush on her boss that they can never act on anyway. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Poor Sam. Yeah. On his way to go see Hammond, Jack comes upon Travel and st- just starts yelling at her, essentially. <laughs> Yeah. Come to retrieve your vastly superior stuff. You know, it'd be a lot more superior if it wasn't so easy to steal. Hammond shouts to him to leave her alone and get in his office. So he does. They continue their conversation in there, with Tilk continuing to stand guard over Jack about how Jack has really crossed the line. His insubordination is intolerable. The High Council is super angry about what's happened here. And Hammond again says, what you've done is a court-martialable offense, which, again, he's done many. uh, As Hammond even points out when he later lists off some of Jack's offenses, like kidnapping an alien child and two counts of refusal to obey orders and various other things. So, you know, why he hasn't already been punished for all of this, we'll never really know. Because he's Jack, and Jack always gets his way, I guess, is the answer to that. So the only solution that Hammond has for him is early retirement, which would we really say it's early retirement if he was already retired and Hammond brought him back in from retirement? Re-retirement? Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess it would be here. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't really be early retirement. It would be re-retirement. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And Hammond says that really the only other option would be to go to jail. So jail, early retirement, which is it? Jack says he guesses he'll take retirement. <laughs> Tilk raises an eyebrow. (laughs) As he does. (laughs) Often. I have to say about this scene, it literally is only for the audience and Tilk's benefit. There's literally no reason for this scene to exist. Right. Except for the the information we need. Yes. It's (laughs) very true. It's weird. I'm like, oh, you guys are putting on great show for Tilk. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Jack apparently heads home all retired. So he's at home playing chess with himself, like you do. Yeah. No, that's not a euphemism. Yeah. 
He's literally, literally just playing chess. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beer. Good times. The door rings. And he gets up and answers it. And it's Daniel. Daniel says he's not sure why he's there, what he wants, but he's here to talk. Daniel asks if, he could, if he's got another beer. And so Jack goes and gets him a beer that he never drinks the entire time. Yep. He says he doesn't like beer anyway, yeah. which I don't blame him since it's Budweiser, but yeah. I'm probably not one to uh, make fun of his beer choices since I'm sitting here drinking O'Doul's. I don't know why he asked for the beer. Like, it wasn't like he was offered. Right? He, like, forced Jack. Yeah, he to get... asked for yeah. one specifically. <laughs> Daniel tries to ask Jack how he's feeling about this, but Jack is not into that. And Jack tells Daniel he's fine. Daniel's like, uh, what are you angry for? Because... There's got to be something else going on, right? And then Daniel brings up that Jack had said in their briefing that the Pentagon not giving them backup they requested. What was that about, Jack? Jack tells him that he and Hammond were planning a second SGC base off-world that Jack would command, but it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my god. Canceled? Canceled? Yeah, but it was, yeah, I guess... (laughs) They weren't allowed to do it. Scrubbed? Scrubbed. There's a good word. So there is no second base and Jack doesn't have command. Terminated? <laughs> I'm just going to keep going on with synonyms. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll wait. I've run out of ideas. <laughs> like I said, I just woke up from it. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. And Daniel's like, oh, so you're, you're mad because you didn't get what you wanted. And Jack's like, well, no, this was just this, you know, another thing that. They're not serious about attaining our goals of protecting themselves. Daniel's like, but what about our mission to establish and maintain diplomatic relations? And Jack's like, what's the point if we don't get anything to help ourselves? Daniel says, there's a lot we could learn that has nothing to do with technology and weapons. And Jack's like, that's not important to me. That's important to you. And if people don't want to share, we should just take the stuff from them. So he's literally saying the opposite of what his general position has been through this entire series. Exactly. (laughs) It was a bit suspect to hear him saying all of these things. Yes. And so Daniel is like, oh, wow. If you really believe all this about our mission and whatnot, I guess I never really knew you at all. Jack's like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> basically <laughs> yep. so Daniel's like oh so our, our whole friendship that we've been working on is uh, Jack says not much of a foundation there huh and Daniel leaves leaving his beer behind his unopened beer so at least Jack yes. can enjoy it true a little bit later Jack is still playing chess with himself still not a euphemism <laughs> still drinking beer doorbell rings and it's Mayborn and two guards Jack isn't very pleased to see Mayborn and figures that it must be a joke, but nope, Mayborn was invited, in a way, by Jack and his behavior. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, if you say so, Mayborn. So he wants to come in. Jack says no. They're just going to talk there awkwardly in the doorway. (laughs) I wanted him to offer the recycled beer from Daniel, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, that would be nice, but no. Yeah. So Mayborn talks about how he heard about what happened between him and Hammond because... You know, he knows pretty much everything that's happening everywhere. There's all kinds of paperwork that he gets to see that maybe he shouldn't, but he does anyway. (laughs) Jack's like, great, get to the point. Jack's had enough of that. 
And Mayborn says, well, it sounds like uh, we might have some pretty similar goals here and our desires to get technology and maybe I can help you in your goals for the good of the country. That would be great, right? Jack continues to be suspicious and figures that whatever Mayborn has in mind, it's got to be very illegal. But Mayborn reminds him that what he did yesterday was very illegal. So, you know, this really isn't that much of an extra step beyond that. Jack asks him to leave, says he's not interested, but Mayborn leaves his card just in case and says to page him when the action, when he misses the action too much. Because, you know, pagers. Pagers. <laughs> yeah. Back at the SGC, SG three quarters are waiting on Hammond, who has called them together. And so their guess is that they are going to get their fourth team member. So it'll be whole once again. One whole SG-1. <laughs> Daniel's like, well, maybe we'll get somebody like Freddy. You're smart. You move up to management before the gold mine of resembling French Stewart runs dry. And Sam will get command. And Sam's like, nah, they probably don't want me to be in control because I'm only a major. Don't they have majors in control of other groups, though? Was Kowalski a major? I think so. Yeah. I thought Connors was a major, too. Maybe. Yeah. I. Granted, he's dead now, Yeah, which is sad because I liked his character, yeah. but I thought so. Well, either way, Sam doesn't think it's likely. Then yeah. Hammond comes in with Colonel Makepeace, who we haven't seen in a while, I don't think. Right. And whose name still annoys me. Yeah. Well. For reasons I can't explain. <laughs> that's okay. He sure doesn't live up to them, so. It's true. Hammond is there to announce that... The most senior officer left in on the base is going to be their new commander, Colonel Makepeace. Make him feel welcome, please. And Daniel's like, um, since I'm not in the military, I'm going to question you here. And why isn't Sam going to be our leader? I appreciated him yeah. speaking up about yeah. that. And Hammond says that she isn't a colonel, so no. <laughs> Which, <laughs> sure. Sam says she understands. That's quite the promotion from what is SG nine that he was in command of before to SG one. Uh, was he part of nine? I can't I remember. So was no because it wasn't SG nine the uh, the ambassador uh, yeah. team. But I didn't. I thought he was in charge of that. I one, I didn't no? think he was. I thought that he should have. I thought it was that he should have been because of his name. But oh right, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Just getting confused with our own dumb yeah. jokes now. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't remember who he was in charge of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Daniel doesn't understand what difference the title of the commander makes, but Sam cuts him off. She's like, it's fine. Hammond then leaves and make pieces like, I hope you guys can learn to trust me. And Sam's like, I'm sure we will. Daniel's like, I never trusted Jack's command, but I'm open. <laughs> okay, Daniel. Cool. Yeah, and then make peace is like, cool, I'll uh, see you guys at our briefing. And Teal just turns and leaves. Yep. Like, without a word. Just like, yep. okay. Teal's not on board with this. Nope. Doesn't seem like. Nope, nope. And then make peace leaves, and then Sam, and then Daniel is just standing alone in the hall, which amused me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel. Everyone kind of stormed off in different directions. She stands alone. <laughs> Indeed, the cheese does stand alone. Back at Jack's house, it's nighttime and he's looking through the blinds at a car that is parked outside, clearly watching his house, which is creepy. I was wondering if it was 
a car having to do with Mayborn or from the SGC, but we don't really get an answer either way. He looks down at the table that is just right there next to the window and happens to have Mayborn's card sitting on it, and he picks it up. In the morning, apparently he had called Mayborn, because now Mayborn shows up as Jack is hanging out outside. Mayborn says that he's surprised that Jack changed his mind so quickly, and Jack snarkily replies, well, maybe you're not the student of behavior you thought you were. Jack has questions, but Mayborn's not really willing to answer any questions until Jack commits. So Jack says, well, at least he's interested. <laughs> so Mayborn says, good, in a way that very much reminded me of Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> so he wanted to make sure that before he told Jack too much more information, that there was no going back after this, that once they, they showed him stuff, he couldn't just say no. <laughs> they would have to make him disappear if he changed his mind. So there's no backing out. Jack says that despite the melodrama, he's still willing to consider. <laughs> I appreciate that Jack is a chess-playing, opera-listening person. Right? I do, too. <laughs> he's much more cultured than we've been led to believe. Yeah, well, he likes to, he likes to put on his, like, I don't know, his facade of being, like, yeah. a dumb guy. and Right. Yeah. I think we're not actually intended to believe that he is quite as unintelligent as he sometimes tries to, to play. Yeah. And I know I've heard that song before, so I looked it up. Yeah. I still don't remember the name of it, but it's from the opera Pagliacci. I was going to say, I think it was Pavarotti that he was listening to, who I think was in Pagliacci. Yeah, I think so. Because I, 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 be I looked up a clip of Pavarotti singing, and it sounded yeah. similar. Oh. But I oh. also don't listen to a lot of opera, so maybe all Same. opera singers sound alike. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't know a whole ton about classical music, aside from the various pieces I've ever actually had to play. In yeah. various orchestras, which isn't all that many, despite the many years that I've been in orchestras. A lot of orchestras like to use the same pieces. Next, Jack and Mayborn get on a plane. They're flying around in it. And they're flying around not to a specific destination. Mayborn just wants to make sure that he's not under uh, any kind of surveillance. And being 30,000 feet up is... Uh, really helpful in that respect if anybody really wanted to couldn't they just put a recording device in there i would think so i don't know Warren yeah. pulls out one of those gold communicator orb things this is just another magic eight ball right yeah silver it's yeah I, I think so i didn't look too closely at it i was more looking at the images of people's head in it was freaking me out for some reason in this episode it was oddly distorted i noticed that What's this guy, the guy's name? Uh, the guy that Newman? appears in it, I noticed, looks completely different later when it's not all distorted, oddly. Yeah, so I don't know. That was freaking me out. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Disembodied heads yeah. <laughs> floating in silver orbs Yeah, that are distorted and weird looking, creepy out. Yeah. Can't imagine why. So, yeah. Mayborn reveals that he has a whole organization that might be an offshoot of the NID. Maybe. And they didn't have to negotiate for their communication ball. Right. Like, you could find them at any toy store. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 80s and 90s. Do they still sell Magic 8 balls? Uh, they do. Probably, I think they... I'm sure they're at least yeah, on Amazon. Yeah. Mayborn lets Jack know that he wants Jack in command of a unit in this organization. So there are more than one unit out there. And then he rings up the temporary commander of the unit. <laughs> and so he uh, he appears in the orb. It's so creepy. And this is Newman. 
who introduces Mayborn introduces to Jack. I appreciated the very subtle reference to Seinfeld here. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Newman. <laughs> yes, me too. Newman's a big fan of SG One, and Jack particularly, and he's looking forward to serving under him. And Jack tells him he also looks familiar, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we met before in that hangar in in Utah where." We jumped through the Stargate there, and sorry about returning fire on you. <laughs> I think the operative word there would be returning. Yeah, yeah. Fire, because Jack fired on them first for no real reason and against orders. Yes. <laughs> Another <laughs> instance where Jack doesn't yes. follow orders. Right. By the way, you can buy a Magic 8-Ball on Amazon for between 8 and $15. Nice. Yeah. Are they new US or are they dollars. like old magic eight balls that are nope, brand new, new. Oh, okay cool they even have uh, a disney's disney pixar toy story version <laughs> the world's smallest magic eight ball you can get for like 14 dollars. Oh. yeah wow you can get uh a weird silver one that actually looks exactly like <laughs> this orb here called mr predicto fortune telling ball <laughs> Excellent. that one's 15 dollars. <laughs> but then there are several other ones labeled magic eight ball for varying prices Ooh, you Thank can get you. a talking version of Mr. Predicto. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Doing research even in the middle of the episode. Hell yeah. Super important research. <laughs> Mayborn lets them know Newman's on a different planet. And then Jack asks for his mission and he just spouts it out. Uses whatever means necessary to acquire goods and technology that could help Earth in the battle against the gold, sir. Or other unforeseen aggressors. Jack wants to know more about Newman, but Mayborn's like, no, when you get there, you can learn things about them. So are you ready to do this thing? Let's go steal some shit. And Jack's like, sure, okay, Ooh, I'm ready. Good times. Yeah. Back in the SGC, Hammond and Makepeace are talking. Makepeace is saying that Carter has accepted his command without question, but... Dr. Jackson and the Jaffa have not. They've literally worked together for years. They have. What right. The this is not, even though he wasn't in there, he wasn't commanding them before, this is not their first time working yeah. together on missions. Fuck off, dude. Seriously. Hammond rightfully points out, thankfully, that maybe if you didn't think of him as the Jaffa, that would be a good start. <laughs> so I appreciated Hammond yeah. mentioning that. There's a knock on the door, and apparently it's Jack. Why the hell would they have let him back into the mountain? That is weird. Yep. But they did. <laughs> and I also thought it was weird that Hammond said, you know, Colonel Makepeace. Of course, because <laughs> they've worked together on missions yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. They have some small talk about how retirement's going, and it's great. Jack retires, wakes up, and retires again. But Jack is actually there for a reason. Make peace leaves, and that leaves Jack and Hammond to talk about the fact that Jack would like to retire off-world. He wants to go see Lara and would like to go retire on Edora if that would be allowed. And so Hammond says he'll allow it, but uh, he's not going to give them any kind of a, a GDO or the devices that will open the iris. So that would mean it would be a one-way trip for Jack to Edora. And Jack says he's fine with it. And so they let him go. Everyone is gathered in the gate room, pretty much. The rest of SG-1, Fraser, Hammond, random people. Yep. Everyone's hanging out in the gate room to see Jack off. And he leaves, and they all salute his back. <laughs> and 
that's that scene, basically. Yeah. Hammond says, Colonel, and they, he doesn't even turn around or salute back or anything, no. so that was rude. It was really weird and rude. It was yeah. quite strange. Yeah. <laughs> O'Neill has come out on Edora, but instead of going to see Lara, he immediately dials up another planet and zips in- into the gate again to meet up with his new team. Newman greets him, and Newman assures them, though they might look ragtag, they're very good at their jobs. Stealing stuff, as Jack says. Yeah, and suddenly starts to sound a bit more disapproving of what's happening Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, and and you measure how good you are because you haven't been caught? And Newman's like, and also by our spoils, obviously. Want to come have a look at our cool toys? And he shows Jack to the room full of toys. Yeah. In that room full of toys, we meet their version of Sam, who's almost literally their version of Sam because she applied for Sam's job and (laughs) did not get it. She shows him an anti-gravitation device that Jack's surprisingly unimpressed with. Jack asks what her job is around here then, and apparently it is to examine some of the larger items that they acquire that uh, are too big to be smuggled back to Earth, and then tries to use that information to reverse engineer them. Newman comes in at this point and tells Jack that Colonel Mayborn wants to talk to him. So they leave. They go find that Gould ball on this world where Mayborn's head appears creepy. Mm -hmm. Mayborn's like, hey, so... We have a mission already. Yay. On planet PX3595. And apparently everyone else knows stuff about this already except for Jack. Because Newman's like, oh, it's about time we got one of those. (laughs) And apparently SG9 was not able to negotiate to get the device. So they're just going to go take it. Newman's going to fill Jack in on the details. And Mayborn reminds them... This isn't the SGC, so if someone gets in your way, you do what you gotta do. So I guess he gets free reign to shoot whoever he wants whenever. Right. You'd think that he would like it here. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in the gate room of this off-world base, they're getting ready to go to the planet that they were just told about. Newman mentioned the primitive locals, which made me cringe because that's a gross term to call anybody. (laughs) Apparently they're called Tyrnox, and they have a device that's hidden in a cave. If they're being chased by predators, they lure them into this cave and then use the device to help them hide. So while they're pulling off this whole thing, it really sucks for any of those locals that might run in there hoping to be able to use that device only to then not have it there. Yeah. But no one's worried about that. So they go through to that planet. They pick up the device. Newman demonstrates how it works and says that Jack's going to love it. So he makes himself disappear and then comes up behind Jack, who is very startled when Newman reappears behind him, which seemed like a really bad idea since Jack was holding a gun and we all know how trigger happy Jack is. Jack was very startled and angry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Jack figures that the thing looks Asgard and Tobias says it is. They head back to their base. Newman's pretty excited about this and how they could use it for black ops on Earth. And Jack's like, but it's not on Earth. Can you backwards engineer this one? And Tobias says, no, we don't need to. We can send this small thing back to Earth. How am I supposed to transport them? (laughs) Then we learn from Newman. They've got a man on the inside on one of the SG teams. 
All the pieces are coming yeah. together. Jack's weird behavior. Now he is yep. seeming impatience with these people that he's just agreed to work with. Yep. All coming together. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. So he explains. Mayborn tells them where the mole's team is going to go. A golden mole. It's totally blind. But there's nothing to see underground anyway. They show up ahead of time, drop off the whatever device they're going to pass off. The mole comes, picks it up, and brings it back to Earth. Mayborn's creepy head appears again. (laughs) And he is there to let them know the coordinates to bring the device and he says to just drop it off and go. No contact with people. No contact with people is generally how yeah. I try to live my life, yeah. especially these days. Exactly. <laughs> Even with the numbers in this state going back down. Yeah. Newman's ready to go, but Jack's like, ah, now it's my turn. Because to understand this command, I should do every job myself at least once. And Newman's like, cool, you're the boss. Have fun. Is that it? Are we done with the scene? Yeah, I think that, yeah, because the, oh. the next scene is... Uh... I spaced for a oh. second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't say anything interesting anyway. <laughs> back out on whatever planet this is. I don't know how we can be back out on it the first time <laughs> that we're seeing it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Jack steps out of the gate onto whatever the target planet is. He quickly goes over to the DHD and hides the device under a stack of rocks. Conveniently placed stack of rocks. The the neatly, carefully placed stack of rocks. Yeah, that was weird. The gate starts to dial in again. This is sooner than Jack was expecting. So he has to go run and hide. And SG-1 comes through, led by Colonel Makepeace. Not really that surprised. (laughs) So they have their look around and do whatever tests they've come to this planet to do. Jack is watching them with some binoculars. Tilk comes very close to the DHD, but does not stoop down to pick up the device. And Jack looked, to me, it looked like Jack was quite relieved that Tilk did not go for it. Yeah, but at the same time, really, would he have? No. (laughs) No. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course not. But Jack seemed a bit worried there for a second. SG-1 continues working on their mission, Jack continues waiting and hiding, and then eventually SG-1 gets ready to go back to Earth. As Sam is dialing, Makepeace pretends that he needs to tie his shoe and kneels down, finds the device hidden under the neat pile of rocks, and stuffs it in his coat. Not really that surprising at all. (laughs) That this one person that was... (laughs) brought in for this episode ended up being the bad guy after sg1 leaves jack is able to dial out and go back to wherever that base is and then after jack leaves an asgard beams down and stands there yeah i think he was checking the symbols to see where they went okay that makes sense i was wondering what the purpose me too of that first time i was like i watched this twice because the first time i watched it i didn't really take any notes and i was like "Mm, i should take some notes and the second time I was like, oh, he's got, that's how they knew where they were. <laughs> that makes sense. I thought that maybe Jack just sent them a message or something, but that makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. Jack's back on this off-world base and he's telling them he got to the right place, but 
Mayborn had the timing off, and he almost ran into the team on the planet. But then, all of a sudden, the ground starts shaking. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, what's going on? Jack goes over and starts dialing the gate. And Newman is confused and is like, um, we don't open the gate without Colonel Mewborn's orders. Never disobey me again! What are you doing? Please, please stop. <laughs> Jack doesn't, though. He opens the gate. I do what I want! Yes, and he says he's opening up some options. And then he punches Newman. For fun, I guess. I don't know. Tobias comes in and reports that there's an Asgard ship coming for them. Jack goes to stand by the gate, and as he does that, the Asgard beam starts coming around and disappearing stuff. All their toys are going away. Oh, yeah. my toys. Jack explains, they're taking back what's rightfully theirs, I guess. And then he lets them know they've got two options, which is to go back through the gate with him or go with the Asgard when they're done collecting all their shit. And so... Jack also promises that he's going to hold the door open so they cannot go anywhere. Other than Earth, I assume. Uh, Or I know, but... (laughs) Yes. So he goes through the gate, and then one by one, the others decide to follow, including Newman, eventually. Back on Earth, Jack is literally holding the gate open by sticking his arm through it. This is the one and only occasion (laughs) where it didn't just, on its own, stay open for just the amount of time that was needed. We see Tilk tying Tobias's wrists together by the time that Newman makes it through. And then Jack lets the gate close. It turns out that he was holding a gun in his hand that was pointing through the gate. And I was wondering why. Yeah, me too. Don't know. Because <laughs> it's not like he could have fired it. No. Anywhere. But whatever. Newman's not too pleased to see what is happening here and that everybody is being surrounded and put in handcuffs. Jack tells everyone, good job, kids. Make peace is putting handcuffs on somebody, and Jack asks him for one of those, and then Jack turns around and uses it on Make Peace himself. <gasps> Make Peace feigns surprise and ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> asks what Jack is doing, and Jack says he's doing his job. Carter and Daniel are looking pretty confused and surprised. <laughs> here Hammond is not Hammond was clearly in on the whole thing by the expressions that we see him making here and then also by the fact that he is able to explain the situation to everybody he says ladies and gentlemen I am pleased to announce that you're all under arrest for high crimes against the United States and his allies (laughs) Sam and Daniel continue to look very confused (laughs) then Travel comes in apparently she was still lurking around somewhere (laughs) Makepeace is very angry and tells Jack that he blew it. And Jack's not really that convinced that that is true, since Jack is not the one in handcuffs and Makepeace is. <laughs> Jack thinks it came together quite nicely and asks Hammond if he would agree, and Hammond does agree. Makepeace tries to threaten them and says that he has no idea how high up it goes, and Jack's like, yeah, Tolan, Tokra, Asgard, Knox, pretty high up, this whole thing. Everyone's mad at you and us because of all this. Makepeace tries to make the same argument again that we need all of these toys to defend ourselves. And Jack's like, no, we don't need stuff. We need these people. We need their friendships and alliances. So everybody is dragged away by various guards. Daniel comes up and asks for clarification about what's been happening this whole week. And also points out that the appeal that he made on Tolana required a lot of hard work on his part 
he would like to say, so um, was that all just a scam? And yep, it was. <laughs> the Tolan were also in on it as well, because the Asgard and the Tolan had both approached Hammond separately to accuse them of stealing and to threaten to cut all ties. This whole thing was a ploy to try to figure out who was in charge of stealing most of SG three qu- G three quarters, except for Teal'c. So I guess SG half, <laughs> Sam and Daniel. Are looking perturbed. Teal'c is looking stoic as always and just kind of staring <laughs> into space with a, with a very slight grin on his face. And Sam and Daniel want to know why they couldn't be allowed in on this whole big secret. And it was because they really needed the reaction of everybody, including the rest of SG-1, to look as authentic and sincere as possible if they were going to pull off this whole thing. Additionally, the Asgard had insisted that only Jack could be involved in this. So, here, everything wraps up nicely. (laughs) Jack is back. Jack's going to be in charge again. Sam's glad to have him back. He and Daniel have a little awkward moment about how everything that he said at his house, you know, his house was bugged. And, you know, and Daniel's like, "Eh, yeah. And Jack's like, right. So they're friends again. Everything's fine. Jack was lying when he said that they weren't friends before. As they are walking down the hall, Jack tells Daniel that, you know, he's he's really appreciative of the fact that Daniel was the only one that bothered to come in and check on him. It was really nice of him. And Daniel's like, um, well. They all stop for a second. Jack wants to know what Daniel is hiding from him. And it turns out that they all drew straws. <laughs> and Daniel lost. <laughs> I really just love the mental imagery that this brings to mind of Sam, Tilk, and Daniel standing there drawing straws to see who has to go visit Jack. <laughs> it's great. It's good. It's good. Sam looks really awkward. Daniel is also looking awkward during this whole scene. And Tilk is just continuing to stand there with a very pleasant little smile on his face. <laughs> Daniel and Sam walk off down the corridor, and Teal'c pauses in front of Jack, gives him a a cute little nod, and then (laughs) follows Jack and Sam down the corridor, leaving the cheese to stand alone. (laughs) It's time to cheese his Jack. (laughs) And that's the episode. (laughs) Kathy. Yes? Did you like the episode? Uh, Yes, but... So, I liked it. It was fun. It was exciting. I liked the intrigue of a mole, and obviously I like seeing... Colonel Mayborn up to his shenanigans. <laughs> my butt, though, is that... <laughs> my butt. Your butt yeah. is your butt. My butt is my butt. Is that I would have liked this to be at least a two-parter. Mm. I think that there... One, I'd like to know how they came about suspecting Makepeace specifically. Because that really wasn't addressed. I didn't get the impression that they did suspect him and that it was actually just a coincidence that they put him in charge of SG-1 and that it could have been any team. Okay. But then how did it, like, how, I guess I just don't understand. This is why I want more information. Like, how is this coordinated? Like, yeah, yeah, all of that true. stuff. So the other thing, too, is that it was a little hard to swallow the Jack completely turning his entire yes. view backwards in, like, a second. Right. I, I was thinking particularly about Star Trek Voyager and Tom Paris when he mm-hmm. did this similar thing, but they built it up over a couple episodes where he was like yeah. becoming... They built it up over like a bunch yeah. of... It wasn't almost like a half a season that they built up that whole thing with yeah. Paris like just slowly becoming increasingly insubordinate. Yeah, yeah. And so like even a little bit of that might have helped. Yeah. 
And I feel like in today's TV land, this would have been an entire season of yes. Jack with the bad guys, which I don't know if you need that, but I would think a yeah, two-parter. Yeah, that might be a little excessive. I feel, yeah. yeah. That's that's what I would like to see, but otherwise, I, I just nice. I guess more of this. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that aspect, but now that you have mentioned that, I agree. That would have been nice. I enjoyed the episode very much, but yeah, it was very hard to believe that Jack would have suddenly made this turn for no reason. Even if they didn't spend a whole, like, several episodes building up to it, maybe make some more obvious event than Jack's later explanation of this thing that happened that we never saw. Yeah. You know, with the, with the base off-world that he was supposed to control that we never had any mention of before this point. Make it something way more obvious that would have pissed him off and then that would make it a bit more convincing that he might turn the way that he did yeah. the whole episode you're suspicious that this can't really be right jack and what he's actually thinking and feeling but yeah i really enjoyed the episode a lot it was very interesting to me there were a lot of funny points in the dialogue <laughs> that i just thought were great yeah. like i said i loved how sam and daniel and teal all played their their surprised and awkward feeling roles during the various points <laughs> when they were dealing with how weird Jack was acting. I still regret that Schrodinger was not on. <laughs> I think that every time that there are Tolan, that Schrodinger should be involved, but yeah. he wasn't, and that made me sad. No, maybe he's um, maybe he's off like uh, having snuggles with Nareem. Yo, maybe. Mm. I bet he's a good snuggly yeah, kitty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my only complaint about it, but now that you mentioned <laughs> it, it would have been nice if it was actually a couple episodes. Yeah. Just, a two-parter. Just a little, a little even build. More. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they've done this with a few different storylines that we've mentioned before, too, where, like, they've wrapped up something too quickly and we would have liked to have seen how they played out more. Like, with the cult, with uh, what's-his-name. Oh, his name? yes, yes, Seth. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were talking about that back then. We would have liked to have seen that storyline drawn yeah. up more, too. Yeah, But, yeah, overall, enjoyable episode. Agreed. Yeah. What's next? Next, we will be watching... Stargate SG-1 Season 3 Episode 19, New Ground. The Netflix says, The SG-1 team travels to the planet Bedrosia, where the planet's two cultures have been at war over their beliefs regarding the Stargate. The booklet says, SG-1 journeys to a planet where their arrival ignites a war between two cultures. Those are two different things. Those are very different things. A powerful spy realizes his side could win the war if SG-1 and the Stargate can be neutralized. Will O'Neill and his team (laughs) make the same realization and save themselves in time. Why do they love O'Neill so much? I don't know. I know he's in charge of the team, but he doesn't really get more dialogue or screen time or anything (laughs) than the rest of the team. So it's weird that they put such an emphasis on O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And but, his team. But yeah. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Very strange. All right. Sounds interesting. Yeah. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they're released every other... Uh, no, which, wow, I'm looking at old notes. Every Wednesday, not every other Monday. That was a long time ago. Where did I get this from? You'd think I wouldn't need notes for this part anymore, but yeah. I still do anyway. I inevitably leave something out. 
Anyway, you can also find us on YouTube. We very much appreciate reviews and likes to help other people find the podcast. And word of mouth is also great for helping other people find the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we always love to hear from our listeners. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can send us messages through our website, which is stargatesing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can financially support the show at patreon.com slash stargatesing, where you will get bonus episodes and advanced access to our regular episodes. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Don't die, laptop. Don't die. Ah!